I'm Aria Schwartz, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. A staple of the WNBA world is the LA Sparks. Windsider staff writer John W. Davis joins me today to discuss the 2021 outlook for the LA Sparks. our show please consider joining our patreon community for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w patreon.com backslash windsider and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com new layout new site go check it out while you're there check out our overseas tracker it's live now you can see where your favorite WNBA players are playing overseas all in one place john welcome back to the show Good friend of the show. Glad to have you back. Let's talk some LA Sparks basketball. How you feeling? What's going on with you, man? Glad to be back. I'm feeling good. Hopefully the Sparks are feeling well as they look to 2021 because they have a lot of decisions to make, but they have a lot of options. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting one. And we're going to see a lot of work from uh, you know the de facto GM, um, Michael Fisher. I say de facto because... Uh, ever since uh, Penny left, you know, the uh, one person was placed with the title of GM, but we all know Michael's pulling the shots, pulling the strings. He did a great job putting together a roster last season. Um, obviously, the pandemic, opt-outs, and injuries may have hampered kind of its full potential. I don't expect the same exact roster. I do expect a few changes. We'll get into that in a moment. But our first question has to be, how will this projected roster stack up against other teams? Um I'm curious for your thoughts first on this. You know, obviously, free agency hasn't started. Players, you know, could sign, could uh, re-sign, could move. There's a lot of possible free agents. But let's let's go with our assumptions of who we think will be on this roster and who we think won't be on this roster and how it's going to stack up uh, to these other teams in the league. Give me your thoughts. This is how I would flip it back on you. So I would say, how do you think the Sparks 2020 roster, if they had everybody they were supposed to have, How do you think that would have stacked up against the Seattle Storm when they had everybody they were supposed to have? That's my question to you, because I think that's how technically they should stack up against anybody. They should have all of those players in theory. Now, in practice, how do you make that work with salary? I don't know. But in theory, they should have all of those players because that was the whole point of getting everybody together and bringing Brittany Sykes over and having TRP and then having Cheney and then having NECA and some, and Simone and Candice and Chelsea and everybody. Like that was the whole point. Having Raquana that you have this squad, Christy Tolliver to be that pair in the backcourt that you have this squad that can match up against anybody in the league. And honestly, they matched up really well against the storm last year. They almost won a game without, NECA against the Storm. So, I mean, I think they match up pretty well, but it's who is going to actually be on the roster when it's time to tip off the 2021 season? That's the real question. Oh, it's a huge question. I mean, to answer your first question, how do they, if they had their whole team, if they have their whole team, I think we're talking about them not losing to Connecticut. 
Um, obviously, like, look, you know, revisionist history, we can look back over this and so many things, the butterfly effect would change throughout the season. Are they still positioned there? Do they possibly move into a top two seed going into the playoffs? So th- these are all legitimate questions to ask um, regarding whether or not how they stack up against the LA or the, the Seattle storm. I still think I give the storm the edge going into the season, not knowing who was opting out and who was opting in. I very much so looked at this storm team as the team to beat. And honestly, there wasn't a doubt in my mind at any point this season even when they didn't get the first seed, that this uh, Seattle Storm team wasn't going to defend uh, their 2018 title, 2018 title, excuse me. Um, I, I still think Seattle edges it out. And honestly, the reason I would say that is more so because of the new players coming in. I personally have always stood by this, that you can have a great team. You can put together, you know, the most all-stars onto a team that isn't going to directly uh, equal championships. Okay. So yes, the, the naysayers will turn to me and say, well, Christy Tolliver isn't really a new player. She's played with most of these people. Um, and so on and so forth for a plethora of players on this roster. I get that. But at the end of the day, you know, Brittany Sykes, in my opinion, was the biggest off season signing that LA had. She brought an element of youth speed that, and, and aggression that we didn't see and cutting to the basket, like getting inside there that we hadn't seen from other players on this roster. And I don't think Christy Tolliver uh, was going to bring that. I think she was going to bring some three-point shooting that they needed. Um, so I, I still think Seattle wins. Uh, do you think I'm crazy for that? I don't think you're crazy for that, but I would counter that, is that Christy Tolliver not only would have been a better starting shooting guard or a better starting point guard, but she also would have made Chelsea Gray better. So then you would have improved at two positions and not just one. And so I think that would have made the difference and made them that much of a better team. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I mean, I think, you know, Chelsea Gray, whether or not it was too much was on her shoulders this season um, versus a a different aspect of it, in my opinion, had a down season, a disappointing season, especially for somebody uh, for many years now who has been pegged as the future of this L.A. Sparks organization and how they're going to win multiple championships but I think it's an interesting uh, kind of exercise to to test our our mental capacity of uh, of what kind of you know domino effect that would have. Um, but I mean, look, looking at it, we saw some you know <clears throat> Tia Cooper, excuse me, Tia Cooper was a player who likely wouldn't have been on this roster if it wasn't for some of these opt outs. So and and she was a huge positive of this team. Right. Now are 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 we going to go into some crazy world where we're arguing about? Cooper is more important than Christy Tolliver, a multiple championship winner. No, no, she's um, not. But you want to know being... something? She's not more important. But yeah. before Taya Cooper had her inconclusive COVID nineteen test, Derek Fisher was most likely going to start her. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and that and that's that was before they switched to the you know the Sykes and Weiss starting pairing that worked out pretty well. But who knows what it would have looked like if Taya Cooper starts 15 games in the WNBA? I, I'll say this. The the bigger question for me is, does having Christy Tolliver change? And and I, I don't want people to take this in, like I'm about to throw some shade, but don't take this in a, in a non-respectful way. If Christy Tolliver is on this team, what does that do in effect of TRP's minutes in this past season? Because for me, she was getting way too many minutes. That's a one-way player. Yeah, she can heat up uh, offensively in a 
you know, on and off night or not, you know what I mean? Like on a flip of a coin. Yeah. She, she could hit up, uh, heat up, but like, I just too long was seeing Derek Fisher put minutes into her when she was a defensive player. She was a one-way player and there was just multiple options in my opinion that were better suited for that. I mean, she's the type of player who, Oh, somebody on their team is going off. Okay. Brittany, you try, you know, Sykes, you go try and fizzle that out. If that doesn't work, bring in TRP. But like, in my opinion, that's what she was a defensive specialist, but not on that same level as a Elena Beard who can actually shut down whoever she sets her eyes on. But let's talk about the, the, the 2021 season. Cause that is the topic of this episode. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we think, let me just read through some of the players that, you know, reserve restricted free agent, rookie scale, unrestricted free agent, like all yeah, of just that. Just read the whole roster, These are just, basically. But go ahead. Yeah, but, well, exactly. I mean, you got Simone Augustus, Neca, Raquana, Chelsea, Candace, Brittany, uh, Rashonda Gray, uh, Taya Cooper. Like all these players play. Like every key player on this roster is is up for grabs. Um, it's going to be interesting how they lay out. My personal opinion, if you're asking me this, I expect NECA back. I expect Chelsea back and Candace back. And and honestly, I almost, when people keep talking about, oh, they might not come back or, or one of them isn't going to be there, blah, blah, blah. I almost scoff at that because look who you're talking about. You're talking about NECA Agumake, a selfless leader. You're talking about Candace Parker, a selfless leader who just wants the best and is is the type of player who would want at least from interviews I've seen from the way she carries herself she's the type of player who wants to stay in her town uh that she has made her home in the place that she has made her career for the rest of her career cuz let's be real how many more years are we going to see her playing um so I expect them all back I I I you know it boils down to me are Neca and Candace willing to take slight pay cuts and if you're Candace Parker do you really care so much about making like 20 extra thousand dollars 40 extra thousand dollars when you're already making, you know, tons more of that when it comes to your, your broadcasting career and all that jazz and and other endorsements. I think she and neck are both two players who are more than happy to take a slight pay cut to put this team in a position to win a championship. I think the bigger question, and if we do see any of them walk, the only reason we would see them walk is if we're talking about a situation where they don't see eye to eye with the vision of the team. And I'm referencing, you know, Candace Parker's post-season uh, interview where she, you know, in after the game, um, which, by the way, I thought a really cool moment uh, from her her post-playoff interview was when she gave Eli Horowitz, the head of PR for the uh, for the LA Sparks, a shout out and like kind of stopped the whole interview to give him a shout out for the hard work he does. Obviously, I'm a little biased because Eli used to work with us here at Winsider back in the day at WNBA Insider, but I do think like so often. Uh, us as media members, us as fans, and, you know, don't give the respect and the appreciation to uh, the PR people, especially considering the PR people this past year who had to double time as other positions. So that's not here or there. But I mean, the only reason I could see this happening is if we see a situation where, you know, Michael Fisher comes to them and says, this is the roster I want to build. You're going to have to take a pay cut for it. And then Candace Necker or Chelsea looks at that and goes, well, I just don't think that that roster uh, will stack up to win a championship this year, so I'm going elsewhere. That that's the only reason okay, I can see okay. that happening. Do you let, agree? Let me get disagree? in on this. Let me get on this. So yeah, go for it, man. First of all, I want to double down on what you said about. I personally do not think that Candice, Neca, or Chelsea will leave. And when you talk about taking a pay cut, they don't actually ha- they don't actually have to take pay cuts. What they have to do 
is agree to not get pay raises. Okay. Mm. What they make now, there's no reason why they need to make less than what they make now, what they made in 2020. There's no reason. Okay. You can, I can construct this roster myself with this $1.3 million salary cap and still peg them in at the same amount of money they made this year. Because think about it. They were all getting paid what they were getting paid this year, right? And you had everybody you wanted, right? You had Christy, you had Chelsea, you had everybody. I mean, you even have Simone as a wild card with however much money she had, more than 100000 The same thing with Raquana. So you have some options on how to give other people some money you need. But you have to get that buy-in from Candice. First of all, you have to get that buy-in from Candice because what you were saying is right. I don't think that an additional $95,000 from the WNBA is going to make that much difference in Candace Parker's life. Now, I say all this to say, and I should have said this first, I think that Chelsea, especially Candace, and especially NECA, I think they're all worth the max. But if they all want to play together, they cannot make the max. Because you already have Christy Tolliver getting close to the max, okay? And mm-hmm. she has a long-term contract. She's locked in. They're not going to renegotiate her contract and say, well, Christy, actually, you know what? You know what? We, we need to pay you less. It's guaranteed. So her money is her money. So Yeah, no way she's agreed yeah, to that. <laughs> yeah, her money is her money. And she purposely wanted that much money over that many years because she felt that was the best value for her. And that gave her the best self-worth when it came to a WNBA contract. So yeah, I say all that to say that, and even, even somebody like Chenea Gumake, her marketing value and her name appeal and the fact that she's been a multiple all-star, somebody could pay her a max too, but she's not going to get that from the Sparks. You know? Mm-hmm. But does she really need to? That's the thing. Like, And I'm not trying to be in somebody's pockets and counter coins or anything like that. And again, I'm not saying that they're not worth the 185000 to 215000 But if they want to run this back, they've got to make some concessions on getting pay raises, not take pay cuts. Like, I'm not expecting Candace Parker to walk in there and take the veterans minimum. No, no, because they're, they're, that's, they're almost, that's almost disrespectful. Right, right. There's, there's costs associated with Candace Parker playing. Let's say, like, for example, let's say Candace Parker wants to bring her daughter on the road. That's a cost. She wants to bring her her mom on the road. That's a cost. You know, there are costs associated with her playing in the league. And so there has to be at least a break even point. But she her identity is her income may not be tied to the Sparks, but her identity is built around playing in L.A. Like, when you think of the L.A. Sparks, at first you thought of Lisa Leslie, and now you think of Candace Parker. And that's going on 25 years of this organization. There's no reason for her to leave. That's the thing. Where else is she going to go to play basketball? Where else is she going to go? Well, Right. Well, exactly. And, is, and that's is, the is thing. She, people need, is she people selling need her realistic. home in L.A.? No. Is she is she getting rid of her business ventures in L.A.? No. She just bought a stake in 
Angel City soccer team with her daughter, Layla. You're going to make business investments in L.A. and then leave in the summer to go play basketball somewhere else? No. She doesn't even play overseas anymore. I mean, you're right. Everything she does is in L.A. Everything she does is in L.A. So logically, it doesn't make sense for her to go somewhere else. Now, she could say, you know, I want a bigger voice in helping shape this team. And I want to be able to, you know, do my recruiting on my own. And if I can convince player X to come over here, then we need to bring player X. They can do that. But I don't see it coming down to, oh, like you said, this team is can pay me $80,000 more. No, I don't, I don't see it coming down to that. And I, I don't see the same thing. I don't see it coming down to that for – for NECA either, but I've said this on the Spark Report with Pavi though as well. If anybody deserves the max contract, it's NECA. So I can almost see as a situation where maybe Candace steps back and says, you know what, we got to give NECA this money just because, I mean, what would it look like for the WNBA or the, the Players Association president to not get the max of the contract that she helped bring into the league. What would that look like? Like, what kind of statement does that make? That's a really good question. I mean, it's an important question. What kind of statement does that, yeah, what kind of statement does that make that this person who ushered in a new era of salary and protections and paternity uh, maternity leave and all of that stuff, what does it look like for her not to get the maximum benefits from it. Now I know that they have those, you know, those off-season deals where you can get those endorsement contracts and things like that. So they can make it up in other ways, but what does that look like for her not to get the max? That's my question to you. No, I I, I think it's an interesting thing. The, the, I I, I kind of laugh at it only because to me <laughs> the message that it gives is like the classic WNBA message that you know th- WNBA players aren't doing it for themselves. They're doing it for the next generation. They're doing things mm-hmm. for the next people. And they're trying to, you know, stick their foot in the door, use that shoulder to open the door just a little bit more and hold it open so the younger generations can come through. And so what message does it say? I think it's like a message that's perfectly in line of everything we've seen from the WNBA Players Association and players throughout the the existence of the league. Um, but, you know, talking about this roster... I'm curious as a question for you, do you think this team needs to make any big offseason moves to put themselves in contention for the championship, to put themselves in a situation where, you know, they're in the same uh, sentence as the as the Seattle Storm, uh, as the Connecticut Sun, as the Las Vegas Aces? Is there like in your mind? Do you think there's a one player that they need to bring in or is it a multiple player situation? I would say there's two things and it's not necessarily one player. I would say they need to do whatever they can humanly possible to bring back Brittany Sykes. I know she's a restricted free agent, which means that somebody could blow her out the water with an offer. And if she accepts that, then she's basically putting the sparks in the corner and saying, y'all got to match all this money. But that's the thing. There's hardly a WNBA player where this is their primary paycheck. That's the thing, man. Like, all of these players, like Chelsea Gray, she goes to Europe to make her money. Even the fact that she got what was a max contract last year, she's still making more money overseas. Okay? 
And Brittany Sykes is making her money right now. So I don't know. You know, it, it, it's kind of like, it's like, like you were saying, you know, we are asking these players to be, you know, selfless and not really think of themselves, but they are all worth more. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do you just say, you know what? We all just got to get ours and we all just spread out across the league. And then we all just make sure everybody is getting their maximum value via the WNBA salary cap. Or do you say, you know what? We want to try this again for a year or two. I don't know. I mean, looking at this roster, it's interesting because I I, kind of get what you're saying. But like, I don't think that they need to necessarily add or bring a new player in. Now, obviously. Oh, one one other thing. Sorry. One other thing. So I think they have to also leave room for the unexpected because we did not Mm -hmm. see. I know you did not see Simone Augustus coming to the Sparks. Okay. (laughs) Nobody saw that. When I looked down the list and I said, you know, this person's a free agent, this person's free agent. Honestly, I didn't even process that Christy Tolliver might even be an option to come back. So they have to keep their options open. And if for some reason somebody unexpected is like, you know what? I'm trying to play with I'm trying to play with my friends Candace, Neca, and Chelsea and Christy, then you gotta be open to it. You really only because let's also like let's not forget about the players who aren't free agents, you know, the Maria Vadivas, the the other players who, you know, m- I, I, I don't expect, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if LA did some trades with some of these younger players. But for me, you know, if, if you're asking one element that we need to see, well, all right, on court, something we need to see growth in, in my opinion, is intensity. Stop being passive and reactive and start being, you know, setting the tone. We saw that throughout the season. Candace, Simone, other players getting in, in, in other players' faces saying, hey, this is not how you win championships. You don't be reactive. We need to see a team that sets the tone instead of reacting to the other team. Um, but also, for me, I I need to see from this roster a, a a nice balance of youth and a nice balance. We already know they got the vet presence. We already know that they have vets that when the when the crunch time comes, they can deliver in big ways to championships. But my question is, are we going to see? From, because I almost feel like there's this gap. They have like one or two players that fit into like the standard vet. You know what I'm talking about? Where they're not rookies. They're not on the down end of their right. career. But like the standard vet. And then they, they have one or two of those players. But then mostly they're older. And then they got a couple super young players who haven't fully developed their style of play into their level and, and reach their potential. So my question is, you know, are you looking to possibly move some of those younger players to bring in some more of those middle-aged players, those middle-of-the-ground vets? Because um, I think that might be an important aspect of the game for this team to win a championship in the next year. I could, I could see that, but I just don't know what else they need other than to play at another level. Yeah. What, did, what else do they need? Like, like you said, they need intensity. Well, they could do that with the players they already have. You know, they need consistency. Mm-hmm. They could do that with the players they already had. They need availability. They can do that with the players they already have. I think they do have good young pieces. Like, Taya Cooper is clearly an aggressive player on the court. Even Christine Inigwe is an aggressive player on the court. Brittany Sykes, the same thing if you can figure out how to get her contract back. 
I mean, you got some, you've got some young talent. Sydney Weiss is not necessarily an old player yet in this league. She's under contract. Maria Vadiva under contract. Maria Vadiva is, you know, she's on the super team in Russia and she starts and she's one of their better players. So eventually there's got to come a time when like she gets more consistent playing time. But I, I just don't know what you do because you can either, you know, bring back the same amount of talent where you have like a, a roster where easily 10 or 11 players could be in your rotation or you cut it down. You make some trades and you say like, these are our seven, eight players. The other people we have are just filling out the roster. We're not really expecting them to do anything. And they're just there to practice. I mean, yeah. But are they will are they are they willing to are they willing to trade Vadiva? I don't think so. Because they traded Brown instead of Vadiva last time. True. Well, I also think like in, in that regard, I mean, we're not going to get into that whole trade, but in that regard, Vadiva has much more of an upside and has shown a, you know, a commitment to being the best player she can be. And she's also, you know, younger, if, if my memory serves me, I don't have that number right, right. in front of me. So like, obviously, like in my yeah. opinion, obviously, and we're also talking about someone who has played in the professional level. She shoots threes. She shoots threes. I mean, she does everything you want a big player to do. Well, exactly. That's the thing. You got to get her minutes. Like, she, it doesn't. It doesn't do any. It doesn't do any good mm-hmm. for her to be the fourth mm-hmm. big to be. But she pretty much has to be the fourth big if you have Candice, Neca, and Janae. Uh yeah, yes, she and I don't be. know about that. See, like I'll say this, like. Shanae Agumake is not going to be the fourth beat. But in my opinion, if she's you want not. to win a championship, she should be. I think probably, but she's not going to be the fourth beat. <laughs> well, exactly. That that gets into different things. Um, talk, flip it on the – we've talked a lot about defense. I want to talk a little bit about offense. What do you think was kind of lacking? Where's this team's identity? Because, you know, go back a couple of years and I'm standing here and I'm going, Candace Parker needs to touch the ball every set just because you need to run the offense through her. She's that Elena Deladon player. She's that, you know, Maya Moore player. She is that superstar, that Stewie player. Um, Mm -hmm. We're seeing, you know, this past season, we saw it a lot more. But when you have, I mean, is is it a case, I guess, talk to me about the Sparks offensive identity, but is it almost a case of too many cooks? I don't think it's a case of too many cooks. I think it's a, a case of sometimes the ball sticks and, you know, mm-hmm. it just needs to continue to be fluid. Like you have amazing passers in Parker, Gray, and even NECA. All of them are way above average passers. Two of them are elite passers. Okay. And they just need to be able to have people to pass the ball to, if that makes sense. Like when I pass you the ball, shoot it. And that's why Sydney Weiss was so good early in the year before she, you know, had her ankle injury is because when she got the ball, she shot it and she was making about half her threes. Like you just need willing shooters. Like everybody on this roster needs to be able to shoot. And, and needs to I, have the shoot, green light. Needs to be able to shoot threes. Yes, they all need the green light. If you are open, shoot the ball. Like, that's what it has to be. Like, no hesitation. I don't want you to get the ball and then, like, process if I'm going to shoot or drive. Like, you have to be decisive. And that was one of the things that, you know, even somebody like the microwave with Quanta Williams talked about. She said, you know, 
I have to be decisive. I'm either shooting or driving. And it's like an instantaneous decision. And everybody has to make instantaneous decisions like that. And that's why that's why you like Brittany Sykes so much on the Sparks. Mm-hmm. It's because if she wasn't shooting an open three, what was she doing? Kind of the hole. Exactly. She was taking it to the rack hard every single time. And every player on the Sparks can do that. And so that's that has to be part of the offensive identity is quicker decisions. Well, now, I would even take now, it real quick. 20, well, 20, well, real 20, quick, 20. real quick, real quick. I just want to say, and like that's one of the bonuses of having, you know, a Chelsea Gray, a Candace Parker, and then the freakish athleticism from Raquana and Brittany Sykes. Right. But like we're talking about, this the same roster that they had in 2020 is not going to be the same roster they have in 2021. So some of these players are just not going to be there. It's it's a decision on who, but offensively, offensively, obviously Candace showed that, you know, she's still Candace Parker. She showed that offensively, we probably agree that Chelsea Gray can be better. Offensively, we probably agree that they missed Christy Tolliver. Offensively, Honestly, as efficient as Neka Agumake was in the wobble, she still could have been better. She still could have been a better player. She mm-hmm. still missed some shots that Neka doesn't miss. And she still almost shot 60%, which is crazy. Like if she would have made the shots that she normally makes, she probably would have shot about 66%. She easily missed mm-hmm. almost 10% of the shots that she would have made. So it's just a it's just a matter of if they think that they can do it. If they think they can do it, they figure out how to make this work. If they don't, then it's time to walk away and it's time to get your money. It's time to go to a team that's going to pay you a max contract. It's really, it's really that's the decision. You either you're getting your max from somebody, or you're staying in, in LA and you're helping the Sparks try to win another championship. For most of these players, it'll be their you know second championship ever. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, the, the interesting part for me is to put on, and I'm sure it is for many, you know, fans, listeners, talking heads is you put on your GM cap and with the LA sparks, I almost look at it. And obviously this is a view of in a vacuum, but you kind of look at it in the sense of, you know, we have the talent. There's no question. This team has the talent. If everyone's healthy to win a championship in this league, but at a certain time, you know, if you've tried it for a few years and it's still not working, at what point do you go, okay, we, you know, we, we've played this out. We have the talent to do it for whatever reason, the chemistry, whatever you want to call it, isn't there. We're not getting to that next level. We don't have that. So we need, you know, who is not movable? Who are we willing to move? And what moves are we willing to make to, you know, whether or not that, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes I know what you mean. I know what you mean, but I think you let the players you have to let the players make that decision because it's the players' commitment. It's the commitment True. of Candace, NECA, Chelsea, and Christy Tolliver. If they believe that those four together can win a championship, then you you let it you ride it out another year because you've already been basically riding this same three to four players for what, more than a half a decade. Just try it. Just go for it again because you're not going to get better. I don't think you get better by subtracting one of them. And we're going to talk about that to end the show. But you don't get better by 
letting NECA or Chelsea go or Candace Parker. You don't get better by doing that. Well, yeah. Like who, who's going to be like, better, right? <laughs> because, because you're not, because you're not trading them. Like, yes, you technically could trade them for players that are similar or whatever, but you're not trading them. They're just leaving. Like, this is not going to be a, a, a return. It's not going to be a one for one. Like they're just going to leave. And then you're sitting there. No, I mean, I agree. I think the, the only question is, you know, well, basically the question is to put it in like ridiculous terms uh, is, you know, can a less talented team have more success? And I think just in explaining that question, it kind of answers it ourselves. But news broke uh, at this point. What was it? Two weeks ago of the new signing of Vicki Johnson, head coach of the Dallas Wings. Uh, it's official now. She signed it. She's posed for photos. She's had the press mm-hmm. conference. News also broke. Uh, that she was trying to poach one of the L.A. Sparks assistant coaches, Coach T, as I like to call her, yes. uh, the defensive-minded specialist, a key element, um, a, a player or a coach, excuse me, who is clearly a player favorite. If you just watch social media, uh, just look into those experiences. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. Talk to me briefly before we close out this episode with a fun little exercise. The importance of bringing Coach T back as somebody who who was there day in and day out. Uh, for the past, what, three seasons now? Yeah. The importance of having Coach T, and this would actually, this would be her second season. Well, okay. I'm talking about you. You being oh, there, Dave. This is yeah. My, yeah, this is my second. This is going to be my third season as well. So I've been there as long as Coach T has been there. But the importance of bringing her back is, first of all, she is the defensive coordinator for this team now. She is the person who helped Candace Barker win Defensive Player of the Year. She is a person who put Brittany Sykes in the position to win second team all defense, okay? But I think the most important reason the Sparks need to bring her back is because look up and down that coaching roster. Do you see any other women? No. What, what, is, the, what is the name of this league? Yep, WNBA. It's the, women's, it's the Women's National Basketball Association. Like, she needed to be there because – she can relate to them in a different way. Like she is a women's basketball player through and through. I mean, she played herself. She's coached as a head coach and won national championships. She has coached with the Silver Stars and then, you know, took some time off to do some family stuff that was very important to her. And then she came back and she's been coaching with the Sparks. Like, she is a, honestly, to me, she is a future WNBA head coach. So, I think it was very important to bring her back. And it's very important to elevate her and empower her to be the best coach she can be. And, you know, she has genuine relationships with these players. I mean, she keeps in touch with these players overseas. You know, she texts them and she does all these different things to stay in touch with, honestly, probably even some of the players who might not even be back on the Sparks next year. But she's keeping in touch with them and she is, you know, establishing that rapport and she's continuing to develop it. So you have to bring her back. And so it was very important for them to bring her back. But I'm excited for the last segment. All right, let's do it. This this is all John's idea. So John, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you kind of uh, set up, set the stage. 
okay, so people are always trying to, you know, have the smoke on social media. They're always talking, oh, who would you start? Who would you bench? Who would you cut? Okay, so start is, you know, the one position. Bench is the two position. Cut is the third position. So between Candace Parker, Neka Ogumbake, and Chelsea Gray, who would you start, bench, or cut? Arie, you go first because I just didn't <laughs> um, I'm, I'm getting <laughs> cutthroat on this. I'm starting Candace Parker <laughs> because she's uh-huh. a proven champion and she will will her team championshipness. I am yes. benching Chelsea Gray because I think she has the most potential out of these players to bring a new oh, championship. Okay. And because and also uh-huh. I'm benching her because she had a crap season this past year. And I want to, and I want uh-huh. to see better from her. So a little message right. to her: sit on the bench, get ready, you're coming back in. And then I'm cutting Neka uh-huh. Gumake, which you know, cutting a former MVP is insane. I'm Ooh. well aware of that. But here's the other thing: I you, like, why am I gonna have you know Candace Parker as the starter, and then another big mm-hmm. coming off the bench? I need a little bit of rotation in that. I need a guard and a big. No, 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 no. All right. I respect what you're saying. I do. You know that. But I'm starting Candace Parker. I'm benching Neko Gumbake. And I'm cutting Chelsea Gray. Because there is no sparks without Candace Parker or Neko Gumbake. There is no WNBA season without Neko Gumbake. I can't. I just can't put Chelsea Gray over them two. Like, eventually, there will be a time when. There is no Candace Parker in the W, and Chelsea Gray is still there. Like, Chelsea Gray still has Mm -hmm. time. Candace Parker has shown that there is longevity to this sport. Sue Bird has shown there's longevity to the sport. Diana Taurasi, Simone Augustus. Like, there will be time for Chelsea Gray to be the starter in an exercise like this. But not Not now. now, But here's here's the other question that you posed to me when we were texting about this. Because that's the thing. Yeah. Like if I ask if I ask Chelsea Gray this question, you think you think she's going, you think she's going going cut Neca? I feel like she's got to cut herself. Like I know you got to have confidence in yourself, but you got to be realistic too. That's tough. That's I, I, you know what we're gonna start asking these questions to the players just to be a jerk. Um, put put the player in there, like with two players who you might consider to be possibly better than them. You know. Oh yeah, you know, like ask, ask freaking. Well, you can't ask Diana Taurasi anything because she'll always say herself. Um, but but another uh, interesting aspect of this that you brought up, and I'm curious to hear your response to this. When we were texting about it, you said, you know, if you could only keep two of those three, who are you letting walk in free agency? And if you ask me, looking at the makeup of this roster, call mm-hmm. me crazy. You probably will. I'm cutting. I'm letting Neca walk because here's the thing. Look at the depth of this roster. Yeah. We talked about this. You got Candace Parker. I mean, our, Candace Parker, I think, gives that little bit more. And then you have the Vidiva. You have, you know, uh, the the Gulich um, and, and, and other bigs on this roster. But the mm-hmm. depth of the guard spot just isn't, you know, the drop off is that much bigger for the guards than it is for the bigs, in my opinion, when you look at this roster. All right. Well, you already know I'm keeping Candace Parker. And Candace Parker can play on the Sparks as long as she wants to, in my opinion. <laughs> and she should be able to. And you know what? Mm. I'm going to agree with you. 
I'm going to agree with you. I'm not, I, I can't, I can't in good conscience say that they should let Chelsea Gray go. Nor would I even think Chelsea Gray would want to go. Chelsea Gray loves Candace Parker. Like, if there was another player on this roster that she had to pick to go two-on-two versus the world with, it's Candace Parker. Like, Chelsea Gray does not want to play in the WNBA without Candace Parker. And with that said, NECA is her own person. NECA can play for the Wings. She can play for the Liberty. She can play for any team in this league and elevate them to a playoff position or whatever round of the playoffs they finished in last year, she'd take them to the next level. I don't think they're going to let any of them leave, but if I had to give an answer, it's Neka Gumbake as well, unfortunately. Winsider is your one-stop shop for all your WNBA news and conversation, but we can't do it without your help. Become a subscriber at patreon.com backslash Winsider. For just a few dollars a month, you can help grow the game. John, thank you so much for joining us. We'll definitely be back, come free agency, talk a little bit more sparks, go a little bit more in depth in different aspects of it. You know, who's coming back. Once we have a a little idea of of the layout of what's going down, we're going to chat more. Thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you.